Never take a lunch from a shared refrigerator if it's not yours. Seriously, Chris, Mark, Tiffany, Kyle, never take a lunch from a shared refrigerator if it's not yours. You are about to enter a world that blurs the line between fact and fiction, where truth is clouded by imagination. Five stories, some are real, some are fake. Join us as we play along with a television cult classic and go beyond, beyond belief. Hello and welcome to Beyond Beyond Belief, episode number 21. I'm Jesse Chapman. With me as always, Chris Newth. Hey guys. Kyle Maddock. That's a fact. Tiffany Persifka. Hey there. And Mark Wahlberg. Hello. Today we're reviewing season three, episode two of Beyond Belief Factor Fiction, which, if you don't know, was a 1990s TV show hosted by Jonathan Frakes. It featured five stories that defied explanation. Some of those stories were based on real events, others totally fake, made up by the writers. In our show, we try to figure out which are fact and which are fiction, and we want you, the listener, to play along with us. You don't even have to know what Beyond Belief is. If you like strange stories, you'll like our show. We'll summarize the stories that we watch today, make our own predictions, and at the end of the episode today, we'll find out what the truth is behind all these things at the same time. And coming up, we'll give you a full breakdown on how pawn shops work, which we actually, I paused no the episode knew. and I looked to everyone. I was like, did anyone know that's how a pawn shop worked? And yeah. everyone was like, nope. I thought you just went and you're like, I need some money, stat. And that was it. And you give them something and then they give you a, not as much they money as it's worth. a very small fraction. Yeah. Yeah. And then you never return. Yeah. Oh. But apparently there's more to it than that, which we'll definitely dive into. The other strange thing about this season, which I'm, I'm honestly a little disappointed about, they don't do the intro lines anymore. You notice that? No, I didn't, no, I didn't no. notice. <laughs> Apparently, I'm the only one who cares about these intro <laughs> lines. Jesse and the rest of us were all extremely upset. <laughs> that so these- Remind me. So, Frakes would say something before the yeah, opening Yeah, so credits. you start the episode, and he walks out, and he says, the line between fact and fiction is thinner than you think. And then the intro titles come in, and now they just skip right to the intro titles. You know why they do that? Is because they needed the extra time to linger on his smile after every pun. <laughs> they well, are they are holding on those pun smiles. He, he sits there, he makes the pun, and then he does his Frank smile for like six seconds. Plus, each one is another antique store that they can show. Uh-huh. That's true. Pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna try to make a. <laughs> pun on a pawn shop like a pun shop <laughs> no, i'm glad you stop. did it anyway yeah, yeah but i explained <laughs> thanks for that with that let's dive into the stories today we've got stories to talk about five of them five of them <laughs> and uh they are of you know i was gonna say a variety but not really <laughs> no uh but uh story number one is called one for the road <gasps> did they all take place on roads no mm. my driving buddy how dickie was closer to me than my own father we met once a week at our favorite truck stop. Say, Dan, what you gonna do? Start without me? Ow. Hey, hey. <laughs> see if you see. Gloria! Fine with me, Gloria. Don't say hi. She in the mood today or what? This is one for the road, Kyle. Okay, so Dan is a trucker who stops at his favorite diner and meets with his fellow trucker friend Hal every week. Dan is talking to Hal and ordering extra donuts for him and playing songs on the jukebox. Among other things, Hal tells Dan about the money he's been putting aside for his family. While this is happening, we can tell that the diner's waitress, Gloria, thinks something very strange is going on with Dan today. 
Gloria gets a phone call and tells Dan that Hal died earlier that morning in a truck crash. Hal was never actually in the diner. Dan can't believe it. Dan later tells Hal's family about the money he'd been saving on the side, which they didn't know anything about. And so we're asked to believe a ghost appeared to this guy so that he could pass on some secret mm. information to the ghost's family yeah. through his best friend, which is interesting. Mm. What, what stood out about this story to you guys? Well, there's also the one thing about the donuts where it's like Dan orders another thing of donuts. And again, the waitress thinks something is weird, brings the other thing of donuts. And then after he finds out the hell's died, he goes back to their seat and there's a bite of donut out of what uh, were Hal's donuts? Uh, fact or fiction, that is complete bullshit. That didn't <laughs> actually happen. The there thing, you go. Even if this story is real, right? that part did not well, happen. The thing that strikes me, though, is I think if this aired in like 1993, we all would have been blown away. But we've all seen The Sixth Sense, yeah. and we've all seen it done so much more elegantly. Mm-hmm. There is very quickly a realization, I think, when we were all watching the episode, yeah. oh, this yeah. guy's dead. Yeah. Right. When, no well, one, when nobody start, addresses Hal at all. Yeah. And, and he, he and jumps him, to and the there's jukebox. That, there's that camera oh, swipe yeah. and he vanishes. Yeah. <laughs> and he's at the jukebox. Like, uh, yeah. And, and, he, and even Dan is like, whoa, how did my friend like, teleport? It's just like, we we are way ahead of the story, I think. Actually, I didn't know if it was that he was dead the whole time or if it was just like beyond belief, like doing weird production things. <laughs> like when he was like, everyone thought, oh, he vanished. And then he's just at the jukebox. I was like, oh, maybe that's just a weird blocking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a weird cut. <laughs> just, yeah, weird cut. Like, I thought there was going to be more of a twist ending because mm-hmm. we realized so quickly that he was already dead. Mm-hmm. And then the ending, that was the ending. Is no one going to ask me about the ghostly rules? Um, no. I'm sorry, uh, Chris. Can you tell us a little bit about the ghostly Tiffany, rules? Thank you, Tiffany. Encourage. Okay. You're welcome. <laughs> Tiffany's asked a question, and now I must address it. Oh, yes, uh, sir. Number one, the bite of the food. Don't buy that for a second. Of course, that's because it didn't happen. Frake said at the end. Oh. He mentioned that as though we have to buy that part two in order for this to be true. Yeah, he's trying to make a sucker out of you. Ten percent fact. Number two. Thank you, Mark. The big question for me is when did he die? Exactly. Did he die before his appearance at the diner, or did he die after that appearance? Be- or did he die when the, she like got the he, phone he call? He totally no, before. died before. Well, because the, that phone call not would not have happened to a random diner that quickly. It, so yeah. you're saying it's not one of those stories where they claim that someone, like, astro projects their body. Astral. Oh. It's astro. It's astral projection. Astral I thought it was astral. Is it not say, astral? Astro it's somewhere project. in the middle. Hold on. I hold say on, astral, astral project. A S T R A L. I think I'm saying the same thing you're saying, but I'm Just saying more syllables in there. Okay. It's definitely not astro the uh, baseball team. I always said you know? astro project. It's the Houston Astros projection. <laughs> is, I just looked it up. Astral is correct. So I know. I only know this because Professor X and Jean Grey and Emma um, Frost astral project all the time. Okay. All that happened. The truck driver left. Died afterwards. And someone just got the time confused. Oh, yeah. All right, we've thrown out a lot of theories. Let's go ahead and dive into our predictions. Do we think it's fact? Do we think it's fiction? First up, Kyle. The story is too floppy. It's too flimsy. There's lots of weird things that don't quite make sense. It's not tight. Fiction. Tiffany? Yeah, it felt... Uh, it felt writery to me, and I wasn't really clear how this story cut out, so I'm going to say fiction. Mark? I have a strategy today. I don't know if it's good. Tell me. <laughs> we will find I'm out. I'm going to go. Should I just say it now? Yeah, tell me the strategy. Okay, I'm just going to. The supernatural ones I'm going fiction with. And the ones that are coincidence based, I'm going fact. Oh. Bold. So. That's interesting. Fiction. Mm-hmm. Chris. 
You know, part of this is uh, I want to be a contrarian here and maybe get a point without you guys getting a point. But part of this is also you because I <laughs> I do love that shit. But part of it is because I've known someone personally who has spoken to a, a trucker, a donut. Yes. A ghost donut. A, a, do, a trucker a eating a donut. And for that reason, I say fact. It's good. God damn it. <laughs> can, can I change mine? Can't no, you have a, a system. I'll go last. I think that this guy simply had a mental breakdown upon learning that his friend died and some old fragment of a memory of this bank account information came floating to the top. Fact. So we've all made our predictions, but we like to do one more prediction. We're going to flip a coin. Heads is going to be fact. Tails oh, is going to be fiction. My, my friend Llama loves the coin. No, one I'm loves sorry. The did coin. you say Llama? <laughs> yeah, I have a friend. I Like at the zoo? <laughs> She's... I wanted, I, I wanted so badly to do a llama noise, and I, I froze. I froze. Because <laughs> what do they sound like? <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a llama shooting a machine gun, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> a machine gun that shoots baby llamas. <laughs> okay, llama, this one's for you. Tales is fiction. So why do we flip a coin? Well, we've analyzed, we've talked it out. And is our brain power actually going to be able to beat just flipping a random coin? Who knows? All right. <laughs> I meant a llama sounds like. Well, we've all made our predictions. We flipped a coin. Let's go on to story number two, which is called The Music Box. Unbelievable. What? This music box. Ted and I looked everywhere for one just like it. I first saw it in this movie, a Charles Bronson film, believe it or not. <laughs> Charles Bronson? Was there like a, a bomb in the music box? Did the, 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 the little dancers shoot tiny machine guns? It was actually a romance called From Noon Till Three. Tommy Shalami would be proud. <laughs> Tiffany, what happened in this story? So this story is about a woman, Ellen, who visits her friend Gail in California after a rough breakup with her boyfriend, Ted. While Ellen and Gail are out by the beach, Ellen spots this music box in a shop that she says looks exactly like one that her and Ted had um, wanted to buy before. And so they go in. The shop owner actually tells Ellen the box doesn't even work. And Gail convinces Ellen not to buy it because it'll just remind her of her breakup. They, the woman leave. But then later, Ellen changes her mind, goes back to buy the music box. But the shop owner says it's already been bought. Suddenly, Ted appears, having just bought the same exact music box. And Alan and Ted kiss, they reunite, and suddenly the music box starts working again. And oh my God, vomit. I hate this story. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> like, you, what's the point? I just don't need, I, what's the beyond belief element of it? Yeah, really? exactly. Fact. Moving like, on. <laughs> okay, we know your system now, Mark. We know what you're doing. I, the thing that was really weird, this felt like very much a male perspective of like what women are doing. Yeah. Yes. Like, you know? Oh yeah. So uh, women like uh, music boxes yeah, and music ice cream. Boxes. Ice cream. And yeah. they are hung up on their ex-boyfriends. Yeah. And yeah. they have dove cream. 
There's no dove <laughs> Okay, so you guys obviously also don't know a lot about women, <laughs> as these are the examples that you come Yeah, up with. we used the examples that the show used and then came up with worse examples yeah, <laughs> ourselves. I don't even think her and Ted should be together. It sounded like they were in an awful relationship. Oh, yeah. It sounded like he just popped up and then with no sort of forethought. I couldn't stay or, away. I okay. kind of got lost in like the really boring dialogue and like the whole story, but <laughs> why did Ted, why did her and Ted break up? They got into weird arguments They sometimes? got into weird they arguments the, the overarching issue with this story as a whole is that it feels so concocted and nonsensical. If you're going to spend time saying, I don't know what happened, you might as well say, he cheated on me. <laughs> or you well, might as well put something in there. And especially mm. because that what we're asked to believe is somehow their love made this music box start working again. And right. I'm like, but I don't even think they should be together. And also, is that really what this story comes down to? That an old music box that didn't work before then happened to start working when they were together. So just something that was old and broken or maybe finicky in some way just worked. But can't this story be so simple that this could easily be believed because it's so, okay, yeah, that I could have seen that happen. Sure. I know. And you know how this story could have gotten out? Because this is normally the first thing coming out. Trey Lenz was doing his interviews and (laughs) some lady was like, I got one for you. And he like dozed off because it was so boring. I feel like it was like a wedding announcement. It It was like a wedding story. How did you two lovebirds meet? And they said this, but like, Mm. you know a much better wedding story that this show's already done. Do you guys remember the episode where the two people met on the Santa Monica Pier? Yes. The radio one. The radio one. So it was like they both like heard this magical message like, Karen and Ted, this is for you. And they both meet on the pier and neither of them called in the message. And then there's the other Karen and Ted right after. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, what a better version of the same kind of core idea. And that was fact. I I don't know. Maybe maybe it is. The kernel of truth is somebody bumped into their ex halfway across the country. Yes, exactly. That's pretty much it. That can't happen. Never heard of that before. You know, someone walked into a shop and someone wanted to buy a thing and came back five minutes later. And oh my God. It's coincidence. Frake said something that was kind of interesting right Right at the end, he says, is it possible that Gail, the friend, set this up the whole time? Then why is it even a story on Beyond Belief? We have the answer right there, and it's not what was presented to us at all. I will say, I will say, they have been getting better (laughs) at proposing more plausible scenarios. Because in the season one, it's like, is it possible that he's been dead the whole time? Or maybe some aliens came down and probed his ass. It's just like, (laughs) what are we... Like, there are a lot of explanations. that episode. (laughs) Unfortunately. That was on porn shop. Yes, yeah, bonus features. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, All right, guys, let's go ahead and move into predictions. Is it fact or is it fiction? First up, Mark. Uh, coincidence, fact. <laughs> Good one. I'll go next. Thanks for the help, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally. Uh, this is useless. not a good strategy, by the You're way. You're useless this episode. He's going to get 100%. I know. <laughs> it's be so annoying. Kyle's voice is in my head. Yeah, did some people run into each other? And kind of like a music box was like stuck and then it started playing again. (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) Fact. Stupid. Kyle. (laughs) I love the idea about a friend setting this whole thing up. And that would be a story that these girls would just tell because it was cool. Mm -hmm. Fact. Tiffany. I wrote fiction actually while we were watching it. But then while we were all talking, I realized how much of the kernel of truth, it's such a simple thing they're asking us to believe. So I'm actually also going to say fact. Chris. You know, it's simple. It's easy. It's clearly written by a man. Fact. (laughs) Wait, 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 if it's written, 
Oh, well, all these stories have oh, okay. to be yeah, written I, on I, paper. Um, I you, hey, Chris, I could you redo that in your man accent? Oh, it, uh, it's a fact. <laughs> Let's find out. We've all logged our predictions. Let's find out what the coin predicts. Fiction. All right, let's mm. go ahead and move on to story number three, Lying which coin. is called Two to One. Whoa, man, then what happened? What happened? What happened is I woke up. I'm sweating like a pig. The dream was so real. What do you think it means? Don't eat spicy food before you go to bed. It was just a dream. It doesn't have to mean anything. You know what I think? I think that pawnbroker lied to me. <laughs> I think it's some kind of scam. I, I think he never sold my watch. <laughs> Okay, I got major deja vu about this story dealing with deja vu. It was the weirdest. Well, I remember you saying this before. I, I vaguely. <laughs> Did you second, say this I'm already? sorry. I'm getting some major deja vu with you saying that. No, really? Well, Jesse, yes. I'm getting a lot of deja vu with you telling Chris that you're getting deja vu. Wait, but are you getting deja vu about Oh, my God. Chris's- I have to go to the bathroom. Can we stop this? <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> sorry. No, I do have a vague recollection of seeing this story, but the weird thing is. I don't remember any of the other stories in the show. So I feel like maybe it wasn't this. Maybe I heard it somewhere else. And therefore, I'm leaning fact already. We, maybe, just, maybe we could recount the story before you tell us. Maybe what someone you're told you. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would yeah, let's, yeah. Let's recap the story. <laughs> Who's got this one? I got this one. I'll, I'll, I'll take it from here. Uh, this is a story about Ron. He's hard up for cash. So he pawns his watch at a pawn shop. The dealer says, hey, Ron, if you pay back the money within 30 days, plus some interest, you'll get your watch back. So 28-something days later, before 30, he comes back to get the watch, and the dealer says, I sold it. Ron is furious. It's a family heirloom. He storms out, but later, he comes back to the pawn shop because he's convinced the dealer is scamming him and still has the watch. So as he's confronting the dealer, the pawn shop is robbed, and Ron is shot. Just kidding. It's all a dream. So Ron shakes it off, wakes up, and then he's like, you know what? I think the guy's still scamming me. So he goes actually to the pawn shop for real, not a dream, but everything occurs exactly like the dream, except when the robber comes in, Ron is one step ahead. He's able to grab a gun from behind the counter and prevents the robbery. And then there's this scene where the dealer (laughs) gives the watch back. He was scamming the guy. And then they both laugh it off and are friends. And they, it's very they, unclear. Yeah, and then they like they team up together, and I don't know. They like solve crimes. Yeah, like I was like, what? What is? I this? hated that ending. Yeah, yeah. Th- it's very strange. But this is the this is what we we're talking about. Like I had no. So the way a pawn shop works, and every listener is like, <laughs> duh. But none of us none knew. Of us. <laughs> legitimately, you give an item to a pawn shop. They tell you we'll hold this for X amount of days. They give you a loan based on that. And a slip a to claim prove it. And a, and a claim ticket. You have to, to prove that you brought this item in. And if you bring the money back plus interest within whatever amount of days it is, three weeks, four weeks, whatever you agree on, you get your item back. And if not, then you agree to hand over the item indefinitely mm-hmm. to the pawn shop owner and they can sell it for whatever amount of money they want. Well, you buy back your item plus a small yeah, interest, interest fee. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. So, pretty much we were asked to believe that this guy just had like a premonition, like a deja yeah, vu premonition exactly. about a robbery. So, there is no one else who can really tell us whether so we're just taking this guy's word for it like there's no other like this is a story about a writer who got screwed by selling a family heirloom to a pawn shop and he's using this like seed to, to uh embellish all these 
you know, premonitions and stuff. This, f- this screams mm. fiction to and me. And also, I feel like Deja Vu is just such an easy cop-out. It's like they just wanted to do a Deja Vu story. And the well, pawn shop thing is so predictable. I think it it's, was more a premonition or based on yeah, a premonition story, which well, it's I... It's a dream. It's a, it's a... Yeah, it's like a... Which I can buy into, too. So if we're looking at it in that sense, too, the ghostly rules would be premonition. I can see I that be- happening. Sure. I believe we're dreaming... We dream the future. No? All of okay. us? Okay. All right. Kind of thing yeah, that, that is a there's, belief. Absolutely. Sometimes just, there's multiple dimensions that our brains, our waking brains, can't tap into, into the idea that time is not linear. But then when we dream, our minds can go to those places and we can go into the future and the past because... Mark, what's Mark no, I never realized I had such a big crush on yeah, you. Yeah, here's what's happening. Moment. As the show goes on, more and more people are losing their minds. Exactly. <laughs> and I feel like I'll be, I'll, I'll, I'll be the last person that's like, there's a scientific method. <laughs> well, but it's, let me ask you about this particular story. How did this story get out? A robbery didn't happen. Like the the guy backed away. <laughs> this guy was scamming the other guy. The guy got his watch well, back. Well, well, here's the thing: the like, cops are gonna come. They're gonna say the guy's gonna be like, "Hey, a robber came into my store. We saw his face." The cops are gonna show up and take people's stories. At best, the guy prevented a robbery and then lied about a dream he had before. There's nothing yeah. to account for it. Yeah. And like that's the thing is, even if he told the police, "Oh, I I had this dream and I saw it get robbed," and so that's why I was able to get the gun. The police are gonna be like, "Yeah." Okay, sir. And they're going to write sure, down sure, the sure. robber. They're going to write down what the robber looked like. I mean, I just, I don't think that there's enough weight to this. He didn't even tell out. the pawn shop owner yeah. that he had the dream. Like if he walked in. Maybe he when they like, were laughing together at the end and we couldn't hear their dialogue, he was laughing about right. it probably now. Guys, isn't it fun that in Mark's elaborate web of different dream universes that he outlined just a minute ago, that that even wet dreams fit somewhere oh, in there? Okay. Let's go ahead and move on to predictions. First up. Tiffany, fact or fiction? I just feel like this feels writery. I don't know how the story got out there. Fiction. Mark. Hmm. Does it? it <laughs> does how this, does, how this, does this, this fit? Is this a coincidence or is this? It feels a little coincidence, but a little supernatural. A little supernatural. You know what though? I believe that we dream the future. Fact. Chris, I'm getting an Inception level deja vu. You guys. Fact. I'll go next. This happened to a writer, fiction. <laughs> Kyle. Do I believe that a pawn shop customer could have helped prevent a robbery? Of course I do. I'm going to go fact. Let's flip a coin. Fact. All right, let's move on to the next story, which is called Damsel. What are you doing? Just checking to see if you got a cell phone so I can call my friend. I'm really late. Give me my purse back. I'd like, I'd like to go now. I can't do that. It'll ruin all my plans. Get in the trunk. I'm gonna take a little ride. Where you going? Going. I definitely would vote this story to win for best music of this episode. It was oh, very yeah. like. Uh, it was very soft core. So- <laughs> I wasn't going to say oh, that. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. You know, the, in the Grammys, uh, they have a softcore category. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it's, right. a, it's very musical. Right. Average. And if you look this episode up back in 2000 when it aired, mm-hmm. it, it might did, have been it, nominated. It, 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 no, it didn't yeah. win. It didn't get uh, nominated, yeah. but nominated. we were all crossing our fingers at the time. Mm-hmm. Chris, what happened in this story? This story is about a woman named Sandy who drives to a gypsy fortune teller. Miss Hatchigan. As the fortune teller does the reading, 
Sandy asks if she's going to find Mr. Right. Then a moment passes, and she says, he's going to find you. Anyway, Sandy leaves and isn't sure what to believe. On the drive home, she passes Mr. Hottie McHotstuff with a broken-down van on the side of the road. She pulls over to help him, but she gets suspicious when he pulls out a switchblade and chases her through the woods. <laughs> Takes her to yeah, it's pretty suspicious. Yeah, it's a trap. Fortunately, she's saved by a passerby who turns out to be Steve Hatchigan, the much less handsome son of fortune teller Mrs. Hatchigan. Still and that's pretty the handsome. story. Wait, Still pretty handsome. So handsome are you guy. saying you would rather her end up with a guy that tried to like murder her because he was Mr. McCotty love triangle. I didn't oh, get that. What a love I, look, guys, it this, is like a whole, sh- this is a whole scam that the fortune teller runs with her son. <laughs> I didn't understand. The Hatchigan scam. Yeah, so the, the mom old- like hooks up the son with her customers tries to and then clearly the women don't fall for it because if, okay. if they did he would be with one of these okay yes. and, and hottie mccotterson is on their payroll Mc-ho- absolutely well, his, his name is actually chad and yeah they, this and is they all part of him yeah, to pull chad and Steve, they're brothers they're both her this sons. is such a train i don't oh. know if it's fact or fiction but i know it's a scam either way <laughs> like, <laughs> also what an unhealthy time to start a romantic relationship just after you've been like violently chased Was, have insulted. you not seen the movie speed but annie from speed that's the Sandra Bullock Sandra character Bullock, yeah. earlier says something like relationships that start under intense circumstances they never last yeah and then he quotes it back to her at the end of the movie and so you know and then we, we have all speed know. too yeah, and they're they not know. together anymore exactly because intense relationships yeah. cruise you know, control yeah so yeah. I mean it did not have Tom Cruise in it no it had Willem Dafoe yeah which is the, the total wrong title <laughs> speed to cruise control <laughs> <laughs> Dafoe control I think the new Mission Impossible will be called Mission Impossible Defoe Control. Defoe Control, yes, and Tom Cruise will be in it. It's perfect. All that had to happen here is a guy saved a woman, but then to throw in that it's the psychic son. Take take that out. If if that if it wasn't the son Oh, it's the son. Is it it's a lot more plausible. (laughs) (laughs) Defo more plausible. None of this could be you. Stop you. Just stop saying Defoe. I just like, I beg of you. William, just stop saying Defoe. Back to reality. We are are a mess, everybody. I'm just a mess. Can I mention one thing? (laughs) We lost Kyle. Kyle's gone. This is the first time. I'm going to throw up. This is the first time I'm. I was waiting for this. I was waiting so long to break Kyle. You broke him. He's broken. Yeah. Let's please get back on track. As we were saying, it's phone mom, phone phone. But I saw a kid to be walking through the woods. Like a South Park voice. Show the psychic kid walking through the woods. Let's move on to predictions. Wait, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Wait, even. I have to say before we continue. We all yeah. have something. I want to talk about the purse scene, but you go on. What the fuck is wrong with you? It's like Guys, the, Kyle is still laughing. Yeah, it's like the Joker just crashed our podcast or something. Oh, oh. all right, guys. I just I feel like if this was a story about a woman who just helped a guy on the side of the road who tried to attack her then she was saved there's nothing about that that the Beyond Belief team would be like hundreds of stories like that hundreds of stories but if they ended up together and they got married I feel like the response to that story would be 
God, cool. that's crazy. There has to be some sort of coincidence I'm, with a slight supernatural like twins. But just saying, oh, a girl got attacked and someone saved her. That's just not beyond well, belief I think to me. The, enough. I yeah. think the supernatural can just be a psychic saying like a week or something before that you're going to meet the love of your life or, or that kind of thing. And is then that, this is event that happens. Is that I think enough? that's enough. And people mm, no. always tell me about their psychic story. Okay, Obviously, they're going to be telling me about the good one. time <laughs> and then you, yeah, I'm you sorry, don't let it on go. Well, why don't we all move on to our own psychic predictions? Ooh, I like the sound of that. First up, Kyle. Coincidence. Fact. Sorry, Mark. All right, I'll go next. The psychic told this story (laughs) and is trying to, you know, continue her business and get her business. I predicted this, you know, I got it right. Chris. Okay, I tend to think that this one is contrived. So I'm going to say fiction. Tiffany. Yeah, I feel like this feels very generic, very tied up too nicely in writery. So I'm going to say fiction. Mark. Coincidence. Fact. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's let's flip a coin. (laughs) Fact. All right, we've all locked in our predictions. Let's move on to the fifth and final story of today's episode, which is called The Horn. Anybody? A wooga. I had thought I'd given up all belief in the supernatural as a young lad. And as an adult, the profession I've chosen doesn't allow the indulgence of such things. I am forced to deal in cold reality. You see, I'm a mortician. Hugh Santelli, dear fellow, ran an antique shop next door. A boisterous gentleman, perhaps, but I was pleased to call this colorful man my friend. The story is called The Horn. Mark, what the heck happened here? Let me blow it to you. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Keep it. Inapro- Keep it in. Inappropriate. Here we go. The story is about a mortician named Lockwood who finds a rare object at his local antique shop run by his friend, Mr. Santelli. Lockwood explains that the object is actually a death horn, which was used before modern medicine for when a body was accidentally buried alive. So the idea would be you're buried alive, you wake up, you're like, oh my God, I'm not dead. You blow the horn and then people hear you and they come to your rescue. When Lockwood comes to pick up the death horn, he doesn't see Santelli and is about to leave, but then he all of a sudden hears the horn. He's searching the story. He finds Santelli nearly dead due to a heart attack. But the strange part is that Santelli was passed out way before that horn was blown. So who... (laughs) So who blew that horn? (laughs) Who did blow the horn? So this this mysterious mm. horn that uh, was this uh, one of our other antique artifacts there segments go, this yeah. episode was in the shop, blown by angels. The ghost, the I mean, well, spirits well, of the it dead. Was, it, that's a, you were touched by an angel and then you were blown by an angel, <laughs> oh, and gosh. it's just that's the sequel series. I, I have seen that one. It was not on television. Or, it's not TV. It's HBO. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or as Jonathan Frank said, was it? Who's Jonathan Frank? Jonathan Franks. Wait, I want to hear about Jonathan Franks. <laughs> he sounds know. great. I he makes the like best hot dogs. dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you say hot dogs? <laughs> They're Franks. Franks. Uh, Franks and beans. Explain that. Explain <laughs> that to us. Shut up. <laughs> Give me two seconds of silence. Oh wait, you need silence too. I thought only he needed twenty seconds of silence. <laughs> Guys, gotta get some room tone real quick. <laughs> 
Or was it what Jonathan Frake said, where maybe it was a draft coming in from the air conditioning oh oh through God. the horn? Yeah, he okay. Yeah. Which he says, as he's standing over the old-fashioned car air conditioner, which is basically the explanation that he's giving. You yeah, if you if you believe that, then you've eaten your noodles before they were cooked. <laughs> wow, <laughs> of course, definitely. Can we talk about the guy's accent for a second, or not accent, but the way he talked? Wait. This guy was a man out of time. Like I turned to Kyle right. and I went, "Ooh, it's." A period one. Yeah, it's a period piece. And then it was just no, it was a guy that was like literally from like the 1950s. Yeah. He reminded me of the the, the bad professor from oh, Indiana Jones. Cre- Indiana yeah. Jones, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he had like, a, like an Orson Welly kind of like transatlantic. Yeah. Oh, you accent. know how these death hogs oh, oh, death hogs. Death hogs are really Let me blow the death hogs. I kind of love the idea about a death horn, though. Yeah. That's such a neat. A lot more octaves in the death horn than I remember. Wow, I thought it was just like a flat, yeah, yeah. one, one I know, But you like put some notes in that. Thing. That must be a different model. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, I agree that this is a cool concept for something. They actually had, this reminded me of a thing called, I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but a safety coffin. They used to yes. build coffins with these mechanisms where there was like a rope and a bell exactly. above ground. So if for some reason you were buried and not really dead, you can pull the rope and the bell would signify to other people Toll of the dead that mm-hmm. that you're I mean, that that definitely heard of that. dig you back up. Can we also just talk about how it easily could have just been another noise, like a car horn, for instance, and yep. the guy just talking and thinking <laughs> about this death horn. I could easily see the kernel of truth and just he mistook the noise for something else. That's all yeah. it is. Mark, you had suggested that there was something sexual going on between <laughs> there was, continue. the there two was, guys. There was definitely a shipping element to these two characters in this in this episode. Yeah, I mean, I definitely what? shipping. What does that mean? This is a, a term used in television when you like relationship shipping oh, like you like want to care yeah like like Mulder and scully before there was uh in x-files before there was an actual romance the fans were like shipping those two characters they wanted them to be in a relationship so in this in this story there was definitely sexual tension it did seem that way i mean he's clearly is that a death horn in your pocket or you just <laughs> that shit is six feet long I mean, he, he did say that so that's questionable also he is like a man out of time he has like this dapper suit on this weird kind of accent it's screaming gay yeah it is and you know (laughs) speaking on behalf of all screaming gays that is fine trust me (laughs) that's okay (laughs) the most beyond belief element to this story for me was that the name of the restaurant they were supposed to meet at i don't even know the actual (laughs) name because all i heard was uh yeah we'll meet at uh peas on me (laughs) <laughs> okay. I was like, what is oh, it? Okay. Mark looked over Pizani. at me and was like, was it peas on? That was a little fun that they were having. The writers it was cute. Yeah, it was, that was cute. Golden showers are really cute. Oh, gosh. All right, guys, let's move on to predictions. First up, Chris. You know, I think it's a little theatric, and I just don't buy it. Fiction. I'll go next. Can a man have walked into a store to save someone? Yeah, fact. Kyle. One of the writers came across the death horn somewhere and was like, this is awesome. Let's write a story about it. Fiction. Tiffany. I think there's a kernel of truth here that completely makes sense. And I also think the death horn feels very specific. So I'm going to say fact. Mark. Guys, they're blowing smoke up our asses. Fiction. 
Is this Arsons. not a coincidence? I was going to say, are you oh, going again? Hold on, back it up. No, this is totally a it's, mystical it's thing. It's coincidental, like you said, the first twist. Second twist, <laughs> supernatural horn blowing. <laughs> what are you talking about? Let's flip a coin. Fiction. All right, we've all locked in our predictions for all five stories. Are they fact? Are they fiction? We'll find out in a moment. Stay with us. This week's episode of Beyond Beyond Belief is brought to you by, what's our ad this week? Oh, it's Fortune Tellers. Oh, Fortune Tellers. Yeah. And we have been waiting for... Mark. Huh? Did you did you hear that? What? I could have sworn I heard the death horn. Why don't we just use Jesse's brand new software he got, you know, the thing that like Yeah, enhances... Jesse got this thing that enhances sounds um, Sound to anything enhance, that we... Enhancer. Mm-hmm. And it clarifies it. What's our ad this week? Oh, it's fortune tellers. Oh, fortune tellers. Yeah. And we have been waiting for... Mark, huh? did you hear that? What? Oh. Clearly. Oh, it was just a microwave. Yeah, I think you put a frozen pizza I in there. I did put a frozen pizza in there about By 15 the minutes way, ago. What kind of monster are you? Who puts a frozen pizza in a microwave when you have a toaster oven? Back to fortune tellers. Oh, yes. Fortune tellers. Please, you had such... Uh, I have a story about them because when I was in Florida... I went to a Okay, Mark, you had to have heard that one. Heard what? The death horn. I heard it again. You you must, you could not have missed it. It was as clear as day. Pull up Jesse's software again. Okay, hold on. I have a story about them because when I was in Florida, I went to a Okay, Mark, you had to have heard that one. Heard what? See, it's just one of your cats. You need to feed them. I keep telling you. That's probably true. <laughs> Definitely true. But I know what I heard, and it was the death horn. That's, I'm not making this up. I don't want to, Wait, are you saying that Jesse's really expensive new software doesn't work? Because I'd okay. love to hear you say that to Jesse. I'm not going to say that to him because he bought the parts and he put it together. Can, okay, can we just get back to this fortune teller story? So I'm sitting in her den, and she pulls out not only a crystal ball, but a tarot. What the hell was that? That was a really boring fortune teller story. I wasn't finished with my story. Well, it'd be nice if you got to the point. I'm going to look it up right now with Jesse's fancy machine. I'm sitting in her den and she pulls out not only a crystal ball, but a tarot. What the hell was that? That was a really boring fortune teller story. Oh, yeah. That's a death one if I've ever heard one. Right, Chris? Chris? Oh, my God. Did the death horn get Chris? Oh, thank God. All they fact, all they fiction. Let's find out in the results segment. That's not what he sounded like. Is that Crocodile Dundee Jr.? You know, I'm a, I am have an accent out of time, Mark, and uh, we're about to find out the results. Story number one. This story is called One for the Road. This is the one about the truck driver who was dead the whole time. Astral tro projection. <laughs> <laughs> I think that this truck driver actually existed. So does Chris, Tiffany, Mark, Kyle. You guys think it's fiction. Yep, absolutely. Let's find out. You think we created this story? You're right. It never happened. Yeah. Fiction. So far, my theory is uh, proven correct. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see if Mark's theory continues to serve him well. We're going to go on to story number two. This is the music box. This is the one about the relationship that broke up and then they were reunited 
in a small beach town by kind of maybe buying a music box and then not and then they both bought it who knows and then it was broken and then it was working again uh <laughs> we all thought it was true though we all thought it was fact and let's find out what the truth is does this sound like one we made up not this time our research shows it happened on the west coast in 1995 mm. fact let's go ahead on to story number three this is called two to one this is the one about the pawn shop. And in this story, we all found out what a pawn shop actually does. <laughs> Chris, Kyle, Mark, you guys think this actually happened. Tiffany and me, not so much. We uh, think uh, yeah. they're trying to pawn off some nonsense on us. Ah, uh, good one. Let's find out what the truth actually is. Was this story of a man trapped in his own premonition based on a real happening? According to our research, it happened in the Midwest around 1990. It's fast. Okay. Fact. Two right. Three right. Well, let's see. Wait, you're on three right? I'm on three right. No, your method is working out. So far, we'll see. Flawlessly. (laughs) Are we going to all adopt this strategy if it turns out to be kind of a boring podcast if we all just adopt the strategy? (laughs) Coincidence fact. (laughs) Coincidence fact. Supernatural fiction. Until it goes wrong. And then. I mean, my my, my overly complicated one went wrong, and I haven't talked about it since. Yeah, that one kind of just fell by the wayside. Yeah, because I got a couple wrong on it. I'll tell you what, what has panned out a few times TFTBF. Yeah. Two fiction to be fiction. Or two fact to be fact. Or two fact to be fact. It's very confusing. <laughs> you know, it's like the Pythagorean sh- theorem. It's impossible to actually understand. Fact squared minus B squared equals fiction squared. Yeah. It's a function of I itself. I mean, that makes sense. Let's go ahead on to story number four. This is called Damsel. This is the one that won the best music award of relationship based on intense circumstances. We know they're not going to last, but we do know that the psychic set it all up. Supposedly. <laughs> you know. That's how I feel. For a couple dollars. That's how I feel. Now, I think this is fact. Kyle and Mark agree. Tiffany and Chris, however, think it's fiction. Let's find out what the truth is. This story is based on a real event discovered by our research staff. It oh. happened in Miami, Florida. Fact. They are getting more and more specific not... about where these things occur and when they occur. I love it. You know what it, it is? It's like newspapers. That's where they're looking at this stuff, probably. They're finding some obscure articles and papers and like, you know, like on the lifestyle section. I don't know. Where do people Or the things? internet. You don't search the internet in oh. 2000. Oh. Yeah, AOL search. <laughs> Keywords, fiction. <laughs> <laughs> You're in chat rooms pretending to be a lady looking for love. And ice cream. <laughs> speaking of which can we wrap this up so speaking of which oh, <laughs> I was like speaking of ice cream the horn <laughs> uh, this is the one this is story number five this is the one about not eating noodles before they're cooked this is the restaurant pee on me's I want to eat there let's can we Kyle can you add this to your if this turns uh, out sir, to be fact okay, let's find out if this restaurant okay. actually exists good luck getting a table <laughs> peas on me now who believed this I think it's fact Tiffany you agree with me we both think that this actually happened this poor man was had a heart attack behind the counter Mark Kyle Chris you guys think this is fiction. Wait, Mark, is your streak still going? Streak is still going. Still Holy hot. crap. Let's find out what the truth is. Did you think this one really happened? If you did, we whistled one right past you. Oh. It never it's false. Fiction. Did it hold? It held. The whole time. Oh, the whole time. Guess what also Ooh. held? My 60%. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yay. 
Mr. 60% strikes again. (laughs) 60% strikes 100% of the time. (laughs) So, Mark, that's going to make you our winner this week. Yeah. You know what? Five out of five. I think you um, might not be alone, Mark. You got 100, too? I got 100. Everyone was paying attention to my 100. Thank you. That's, uh, guys, we are two episodes into season three, mm-hmm. and I haven't gotten a single one wrong yet. Eleven more to go. <laughs> yeah. And five five stories in each of those. So. Well, Mark's going to get them all right from here on out. Mm-hmm. So. That's 55 stories. There's mm-hmm. no way the coincidence theory versus supernatural theory can hold up. No, it can't. And I'll tell you why. The old lady with the red eyes, the demonic woman, was fast. That was fast. And that is supernatural. Right, right. It just happened to work in this one. Because yes. if you did that, then you wouldn't even have a Beyond Belief show. It's all about that ghost. So you took Jesse, a- what did you get? Two out of five. You oh, know, I've oh. done worse. Okay. I got that too. Oh. It's okay. I've done worse. It's okay. So you guys tied uh, for for last this week. Yeah, and I, I the think coin yeah. got eighty percent. Got four out of five. That's true. Well, thank you all for listening, and until next week, this is beyond beyond belief. Beyond Beyond Belief is produced by five friends living in Los Angeles. Our theme song was written for this podcast by David Russo, who composed music for the original series. Our introduction is voiced by Mark Winston. If you liked our podcast, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and tell a friend. All audio clips are used strictly for educational commentary and are copyright their original creators. You can send feedback, questions, or share your own story that is beyond belief by visiting our website at beyondbeyondbelief.com as well as find show notes and links to us on social media. Thanks for listening. I mean, that's what a lava sounds like. What is that guy? Get it clean, get it clean. Get it clean, he said. <laughs> is yeah, that the- a death horn? <laughs> <laughs> no one gets it yet. That should no go after the yet. very, very end. <laughs> wow, okay. Well, oh my God, that's the, that's the game. Death horn or llama? <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my God.